0: This is the weekly podcast from Spotswood at Ladysmith in Caroline County, Virginia, USA. Rick Nicely is the lead pastor. Father, thank you so much for this time together. God, I just pray that you will bless it. And uh, God, you will use the word of God to um, change our hearts and minds and to shape us into um, the person you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. You remember, we're going to continue our series, and it's titled Uncertain right? And we're, we're following many people, several of them in the Old Testament. And we'll move to the New Testament next week. But we've been following the lives of different individuals during uncertain times, during troubled times, right? So I want to kind of highlight the last couple weeks, and then we'll get into uh, this week. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we started out with the story of Job, and I challenge you with a big idea. And it, it said this, even when we don't know why we're suffering, we should trust God no matter what. And I left you with this big question. When you suffer, who or what do you put your trust in? Last week, we talked about the idea of Daniel and, and, and um, his friends who were taken into exile. And I described that our world, in lots of ways, we're, we're still in that exile because it's really the condition of the human spirit. But I, I had this big idea last week. In this world of exile, we have both prosperity and persecution, but our ultimate hope needs to be in Christ. And um, the big question that I left you with was this, in a world that finds everything relative, where do you put your, where do you find your true north, right? And so all these are different stories and aspects of people's lives that we have recorded in the scriptures. And I think, you know, I'm going to remind us today as we we're going to follow the story of Abraham. Uh, it's really easy for us just to kind of look at Scripture and read it and kind of remove ourselves from it. In other words, we're we're kind of looking at it from a thirty thousand uh, per foot perspective. We see how it starts in the middle and how it ends. And sometimes we're we're super critical of those people in the story, like how could they doubt or how could they not trust God or. Uh, we we remove the emotional side of things and, and what these people must have went through and thought and, and experienced in their emotion emotional trauma as much as their real-life uh, trauma that they went through. And so this story of Abraham, I, I don't want us to forget to put ourselves really in the middle of this and, and really see that, um, obviously, we're not the center of Scripture. Jesus is the center of Scripture, but to really put ourselves in these people's shoes, experience um, and see what we may have or how we may have reacted and what maybe some of those correlations in our own life um, we can can go through um, as we see people's lives played out in Scripture. Let's go ahead and turn to Genesis 11, the last part of that and beginning of Genesis 12. I'm going to go ahead and read uh, the first part of Genesis 12. It says this, now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. The, the big idea this morning is this. Faith is trusting in God's promise even before there's any physical evidence to believe. Well, that's what, that's what Hebrew says. Faith is a substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not yet seen. In fact, when we look back on the story of Job, and I I forgot to mention this when we actually preached that Sunday, but really Job was righteous because of his faith. And we see in the the book of Genesis, we see in Abraham's life, he's counted righteous because of his faith, because he believed in God and his promise, even before there's physical evidence uh, to believe. So we see right out of the gate here, we see God calling Abraham. He's calling Abraham to a new country, a new place to go. I I don't know if you've ever had to move. Um, I know many times through our, uh, Michelle and I's married life, we we've had to make moves, and many of those moves have been very tough. I remember um, one of our very first big moves we made from Lynchburg, where we had met and got married, and we g- kind of grew as a new couple together. We had all these couple friends, and we served together in ministry that whole time there. And when we left there and went to uh, another county to serve in another church, man, it was really tough, I remember. And so we see Abraham leaving and leaving the city of Ur. Now, what's interesting in this is the city of Ur was really um, a metropolitan area. It It was near the Persian Gulf. It was in the southern Mesopotamia area. And it was a large port city. And so there would have been tons of activity. Imagine moving from a place like New York or London or something like this. And basically God says, I'm going to take you out in the middle of nowhere and and take you somewhere you're not familiar with. And you may not even really have a desire to be there. And so we see this move that God makes Abraham. I, I remember years ago passing through Fredericksburg from our way to Lynchburg to Southern Maryland where uh michelle's the book of michelle's family lives and I remember hitting that route three traffic, and we, we would say to ourselves, Man, we'll never live in this place, we'll never live in a place which has all this traffic, right and so um, fast forward many years later, God brings us here the night we came here we were, we were reminded of that, and we realized wow we we went in the exact place we said we would never go. I wonder if God may be calling you into an area that's uncharted territories, a place of unknown. Well, we're all kind of experiencing that in some ways, right? During this uh, quarantine period that we're in places maybe we don't really want to be. Maybe maybe we're stuck at home. We we like the outdoors. We we like to go. We like to meet people. For some of us, it's it's, it's been a great thing because we're introverts and we like to be at home and that's fine too. But I just wonder if if God's calling many of us to uncharted territories. And I believe this with all my heart, that God continually calls us to deeper waters. He he continuously calls us to areas um, that we're not expecting. Now, imagine Abraham leaving into this unknown area that God was going to call him to. Now, remember, he didn't have the written scriptures All Abraham had was a relationship with God. That's it. So I just wonder, as as we make decisions in life, are you trusting in that relationship? Are you trusting in that intimacy? See, Abraham was going to begin to be the beginning of the Hebrew people. The whole nation of Israel was going to be birthed ultimately out of Abraham. And ultimately, even the church was going to be birthed. In fact, we see um, Romans four sixteen. That's why it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and being guaranteed to all his offspring, not only the inherent of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So we see that Abraham really is the beginning of the church in a sense. He's the father of us all. We see this. See, what we need to be reminded is this. When God came to us through Jesus Christ and through the gospel, ultimately it came to you because it was on its way to someone else. Think about that for a moment. So the, the things that you do, that how you live your life, is really a continuation of God's story in human history, the redemption plan. So the fact that God redeemed you and and saved you and wants to save you, maybe you're there listening today and you're not born again. You haven't given your life to Christ. But understanding that he not only wants to save you, he wants to save the person he wants to reach through you. So think about this. This is Abraham living out this life. Um, But ultimately, that message is going to come uh, to us. Now, um, we see in, in Genesis 15 where um, God gives Abraham a vision. And this is what he says in, in Genesis uh, 15. We see see this. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. And this is what he said. Fear not, Abraham. I am your shield. Your reward shall be great. But Abraham said, o Lord, oh Lord, O God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Elazar of Damascus. And Abraham said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir, for your very own son shall bear your heir. And he brought him outside and said to him, Look toward heaven, And number the stars, if you're able to number them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Listen, this is about Abraham. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. So we see God giving Abraham this promise, this huge vision that the stars, my my girls and I were out last night looking at the stars, and we were amazed. We had this little app that we can look at all the different planets and the stars. I'm thinking, wow, how amazing, you can't number those things. And it says, this is the promise that God gave Abraham that he would not be able to number his ancestors, that it would be more than the stars and the heavens. And so understanding of this, this covenant um, that, that God is making with Abraham, and eventually we see through the rest of this story, what happens is um, that God makes a covenant with Abraham. And Abraham goes and gets the animal. He gets several animals. He splits them in half. He gets several birds and he lays them out. And then it says that a, a great amount of sleep comes over Abraham and he falls asleep. But we see this uh, fire walk through the walk through the the animals. And and remember the um, the covenant that were made then. These, these blood covenants of these animals. It, it was a reminder to, to the people that if we break or if they break that covenant, let let uh, what happened to these animals happen to us. In other words, it was a, it was a, stru, a true commitment. When we talk about a covenant, we're going to be talking about covenant when we talk about partnership, but it's this hand over hand, right? This arm locking the arms that there's one party that has a responsibility and another party that has a responsibility to keep it. And this is what we see, that the covenants in the Bible are very important. And it's where God provides his promise to his people. Um, covenant goes beyond just a contract. It bonds people together through blood. And ultimately, in the Bible, the covenants are an agreement between God and humans, which God pledges to bless those who accept and commit themselves uh, to him. And this is what we see. There's four four major Um, Old Testament covenants. We see the first one in in Noah, just a few chapters before here, where God destroys the earth because of man's rebellion. And he starts over with Noah, and he says he makes this promise, this covenant, uh, and says never to destroy the land. And really in that covenant, there's no responsibility on Noah's end. There's just this commitment from God that the earth will be stable, and it will be consistent, that we'll be able to monitor it and, and set our clocks to it. There'll be seasons. So there's this consistency and also this promise of not to destroy um, the world again by water. And the second covenant is the Abrahamic covenant, which we see right here, where, where he's asking Abraham to trust him, right? And to train his family, who he's going to give um, to to this, he's going to give this promise on and eventually make him a people of many nations. The The third one is this, commitment or this covenant to the whole Israelite people the whole tribe um, and this is where we see uh, God delivered his his people out of Egypt and through Moses he led them and he gives them these ten Commandments right and he says hey trust and obey me these follow these commandments and, and be my representative of humanity here on earth live out so the other nations will see you and how you should live. And then the last one is the Davidic covenant through David, where he, he promises uh, or he, he asked David to follow him and to lead um, his people. And to commit, um, the commitment but would be that one of David's sons would eventually come and set up a kingdom of justice and peace over all the nations. This is what we see in these four major covenants. Now, what's, what's interesting, again, is we see, because we see in our own lives, we see that each one of these, what ha- what happens is that the people don't keep their co- uh, their covenant, right? They uh, we see Abraham, which his people eventually um, move into Egypt, and they they become kind of accustomed to all the things they they don't live out um, the covenant. Uh, we see the Israelites rebelled during those forty years, and eventually going to the promised land. And as we saw last week in Daniel, they eventually uh, set up their own Babylonian Bab- uh, Babylon and become just as wicked and they' actually exiled in Babylonian or Babylon I'm sorry and so we see this um, we see that over and over we see David who was the best king that that uh, the Israelites ever had what did he do he rebelled right he committed adultery and had a man murdered and we see this inconsistency of every time breaking the covenant that God has made to them and the good news is God's promise to Abraham Becomes the promise eventually to redeem the whole world, and a human, in um, the in the human descendant. So, understanding as we we saw Abraham in, in that blood covenant, and he and he cut the animals in half. What, what you don't see is Abraham walking through those those animals. Why? Because what God was saying is this covenant depends on me. Right? I'm the one who initiates it. And I'm the one that's going to keep it to you. And so this is what we see. We see this is ultimately God's plan of redemption for human beings and for all of his creation. And so we see this happening um, and ultimately see it fulfilled in Jesus. See, Jesus, uh, you think about all these com- these uh, covenants. Jesus ultimately brings the blessings of Abraham um, that he promised Abraham that he would, in in, in Genesis 12, he says this, I will make you a great nation and will bless you and make your, your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless who, those who bless you and and him who dishonors you I will curse and all the families of the earth shall be blessed. In other words, Jesus is the fulfillment of all these covenants that God made. So we see Abraham, I'm sorry, Yeah, we see Abram who eventually becomes Abraham. Abraham, um, Blesses I mean, Jesus blesses the whole world through this, ultimately fulfills this promise of the covenant of Abraham. He also is the faithful Israelite, right, who obeys the complete law and fulfills the law. Um, he also is the king in the line of David who comes and is setting up a king, kingdom of justice and peace. This is what we see. See, Jesus is the faithful covenant partner that we were unable to be and failed to be. Um, This is what we see in Jesus, in the life of Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate covenant partner, um, and he fulfills that. Um, Jesus is committed to us and to making us more faithful. Even though we're inconsistent um, in our walk, it's through the blood of Jesus that he makes us. Um, Those committed, faithful Covenant partners, um, God. God makes a covenant with humanity through the cross for the redemption and salvation of humanity. This is what He does. We we see that Jesus, even before He went on the cross, right? We we see Him um, at at the Passover feast. We we call communion. We just celebrated a few weeks ago uh, before Easter. And what does He say when He when He Passes out the cup to drink. He said, This is my covenant or new covenant, right? I, I make it as a commitment to you that I'm laying down my life to fulfill the commitment that was made to Abraham to bless all the nations. In fact, it says uh, in Mark 14, this is what it says. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they drank it. And he said to them, This is the blood of the new covenant or covenant, which is poured out for many. See, Um, Like Abraham, Christians must hold fast to the promises that God has declared over our lives. And so just like Abraham had to cling to those promises when they're not yet fulfilled, we as Christians have to cling to the promises of Christ, that the kingdom has come but is coming and is yet to come. And so this is what we see. What we've got to be careful of is many times we want to take these promises, and we want to try to somehow fulfill them um, in our own way. And just as Abraham, where he tried to do that through the flesh, and they and his son was Ishmael was born through the slave girl Hagar. But God had promised him his son through his wife Sarah, right? And so it wasn't until that was the promise truly fulfilled. And we know all the heartache that happened uh, through him trying to. Force, if you will, God's hand to bless it his way. But ultimately, we have to trust God that by faith, he's going to do it his way. And so we have to be careful that to walk in the flesh or somehow fulfill the promises that God has given us. See, God keeps his word and fulfills his promise. Jesus promised us in Hebrews that he'll never leave us or forsake us. Paul reminds us of that. I will never leave you or forsake you. And just like Abraham, this life journey is one of faith. This is where we we need to live out and and walk by faith. We place our faith and trust in God. Listen, we don't just do that for um, eternal life. We do that daily, right? We do that for our finances. We do it for our health. We do it in our relationships. We do it in every aspect of our life, and when we walk by faith, He will guide us and take care of us. So, what we need to learn today is this idea of trusting God, trusting God in uncertain times where we don't have physical evidence of the promise that God has made for us. That it seems like a long ways, it seems impossible. But what did Jesus say when He was with His disciples? With man, it is impossible. With God, all things are possible. So I want to encourage you today with this big question. Even in the worst of times or in uncertain times, are you trusting in the promises of God that he has given us through his son? Remember, 2 Corinthians 1 says this, all the promises I have made to you are yes in Christ. He has anointed us. He has set his seal of ownership on us. He has put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Let me pray for us today. Father, I just pray if there's anyone under the sound of my voice listening to this today, God, that you would stir in their hearts to live this life of faith. Just as Abraham put faith um, in the promise you'd given him, the covenant that you made with him, God, Jesus is extending this covenant to us today, that if you would, if we would trust in him, God, we would have eternal life. Through the, through the blood spilled on the cross, through the death, burial, resurrection, we can have life and have it more abundantly, not just eternal life in the hope of heaven one day, but begin life today with this relationship with God, the creator of the universe, and have peace with him. Father, I just pray if anyone is not a believer, God, that they would put faith in you today, calling your name. Father, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been the weekly podcast from Spotswood at Smith in Caroline County, Virginia, USA. Thanks for listening, and God bless you.